Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, I'm going to kind of wrap up some stuff I've been talking about over the last few weeks. And I, I hammered you pretty good last week. I must have. Because I got texts and calls and said, oh, you scared me, and I better read this because you said... And people wanted a bunny. (laughs) So I actually wanted you to read Habakkuk, and I wanted you to read Jonah. And um, I'm going to try to tie these together for you and get to the point that I'm trying to make. But one one point I'm really trying to make is you need to read your Bibles. You do. You don't have to. That, that's not part of salvation. That's not part of having eternal life. But if you really want to know God and really want to know Jesus, this is how you get to know him, is to read Scripture. And, you know, there's so much more than just reading it because you can read it and read it and not really get anything out of it. But if you did a little study, Google is a great thing. YouTube is a great thing. Just make sure you're on the right pages. But you can learn so much that's not in Scripture, and then it makes sense when you do read it again. So I was on this kick. First, I did this Old Testament stuff, and a lot of what you think is dry and dusty, and I, I, I'll agree with you a little bit, unless you know what's going on. So as Jacob wrestled with God, we went down that path, and sometimes you just got to show God how much you've changed. What you're going through, tell him. You can say, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to hold on to you until you bless me. And this is what I've done. And I'm not that person anymore. And I'm going to show you I'm not that person. And then I actually want you to read Habakkuk because, well, the world is going through some battles right now. And it kind of relates to what we're doing. But he actually had to have patience. Jacob's blessing came to him after one night. And we want that. But when it doesn't happen that quick, you need to have patience because you cannot really understand God. You can't try to figure him out. You don't know what he's doing. And then we talked about Jonah. And I actually wanted you to think about who you were in this story. There's, there's a lot of different situations and stuff. So, you know, Jonah actually ran from God. He was still a believer. It's not like he denounced his faith or anything, but he ran from God. Is that you? Or are you the whale? Now, I kind of thought at one point I was the whale. In fact, somebody called me a whale for a while. But it turned out it was some high roller in Vegas. But the whale actually took a believer and put him back on track where God wanted him. And I thought, hey, that's what I do. And then I thought about the Ninevites. These people were bad people. They were doing things that a lot of our country is doing right now, again, our world. But they were so bad. And all God wanted to do was reach them. Yeah, that was me once too. And maybe I'm still like that a little bit today. Don't quite do everything right. I try hard. And then at the end of Jonah, how many of you read it? Wow, I'm not sure I have that many bunnies. Caitlin, you're going to need some help. Start passing out bunnies, will you? At the end of Jonah, now quit looking at her. 
Quit looking at who's getting bunnies. <laughs> at the end of Jonah, Jonah is mad. He's mad at God. And sometimes we're that person too. Jonah in the beginning was running from God, and at the end he's mad at God. Same character, but actually two different attitudes he's got going on. Have you ever thought about why he was mad? Do you know why he was mad? Did you figure it out? He actually gets mad and goes off into the uh, desert or wherever it is, and, and he gets uh, some shade to get under, and then when that goes bad, a plant grows up. Now, is anybody going to prove me wrong here? Did you really read it? Then, then God has this plant grow up, right, to shade him from the scorching heat, and then the worm comes and eats the plant, and he's still mad. He's mad. You're not going to know why unless you study a little bit. You might have an idea. And I had a lot of people texting me and stuff. Hey, I think I know it. I think I know who I am, and I think I know why Jonah was so mad. And we all have different theories. We, we all have different ideas because it doesn't really say. But really, at the end, God says to Jonah, I'm going to put this in my words, who do you think you are? He's mad at God. Okay, so I'm going to try to fill you in on what happened here a little bit. A little Bible study here for you. And I'm going to have to get my timeline. I don't have all this stuff memorized. Israel was under attack by the people of Esrian. I hope I'm saying that right. Esrian, something like that. Nineveh was the capital of that empire. What God wanted Jonah to do was go tell his enemy that God loved him and they need to change their ways. And he did, and he was so mad. Now maybe you'll get an understanding of why Jonah didn't want to do what God said he, was, he should do. He's running away from him because God's telling him, you take this good news to these people. It was a city of about 120,000. You take the good news to them and tell them to change their ways or I'm going to destroy their city. He was actually an Israelite going to tell the Gentiles this. And they were under attack. His own people would have been so mad at him. You see, they were so full of pride. They didn't like what God wanted them to do. Let me take this a little bit further, too. In 2 Kings chapter 17, you'll actually read, now if you read your Bibles, you'd understand that Israel falls to the Assyrians. This was right before Jonah was supposed to go send the message. Can you imagine? These people were in a battle. They were in war. And God tells one of his chosen people, an Israelite, to go to your enemy, the people that took over your land that God gave you, and tell them, I love them too. Okay, now once you understand that, I want you to go back to the book I asked you to read before, Habakkuk. Habakkuk wrote his book soon after Jonah. Habakkuk wrote about the same situation. Habakkuk could not understand what God was doing. 
And in that book, he cries out to God, you know, where are you? How can you possibly let this happen to us? And it was right at the transition when the uh, Babylonians were also coming to attack and pushing the Estrians out. You see, you'd know this if you read Second Kings. But you, how can you take a story like Jonah and really know what's going on unless you knew the attitudes of the people and where they lived and what they believed? Jonah was supposed to take a message to the Gentiles, to their bitter enemies that had just beat them in battle, and tell them, God loves you too. And you need to change your ways or you're going down. The whole, the whole Israelite family would have thought this was just disgusting. Jonah, how could, how could you possibly do that to us? We hate them. They were so full of pride. This is a pride issue. Now in Habakkuk, same thing. He is so mad at God. Why can you let this happen? Because he's full of pride. He's so prideful. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't read your Bible. You'd still think that Jonah was a story for kids about a fish that ate a guy and spit him out, puked him on the beach. That's what we think of the book of Jonah. Do you really want to know what's going on? Might pay to think about it. These guys were mad. They were so full of pride. And Jonah at the end is so mad because of what God wanted him to do to his very enemies. And he didn't want to do it. At first he ran from him. We do that. And then he finally was obedient to him because what did it take to change his mind? And then at the end he's mad again. He's mad at God for what God wanted him to do. And I get it. I get it. If you know the culture and what's going on, now I hope you guys do too. And you can see how these books go together. You know, you guys have role models and you have um, celebrities and boy, you know where they live and what they do. And you guys that do sports, you know all the stats and who traded who and, and you even do fantasy stuff. You know all about these people. But you don't really know about your Savior, do you? You know he's good. You come to church. But I don't really care where he comes from. Does this interest anybody? Because this is how you get to know your Lord and Savior. In your pride. Just like these people. I don't need to know that. doesn't matter. God, why aren't you here helping me? I asked you for this. I've been praying for this. And you are nowhere to be found. Here's the whole thing is you cannot understand how God works, right? After all this stuff, and you get towards the end of the Old Testament, you'll see that Jerusalem gets rebuilt, and all is well. It took a while. Do you know about that? The rebuilding of the temple? This is where God dwells. The Holy Spirit hadn't been deposited on us yet. He had to actually put the Holy Spirit on people. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son to die for you. And he wants everybody to know it. And now you've got to admit you're at this place too. That we've all been at this place where you knew that somebody needed some hope, some good news. They needed to know about Jesus, but it wasn't coming from you. You didn't want to do it. 
your people would think something funny about you or call you a Jesus freak or something like that. You're no different than Jonah. Your pride has got in your way. We need to be telling everybody. By what Jonah did, saved 120,000 people. But he was still mad. Would you even do it? What if God said, okay, I'm going to tell you the results. Now see, I told you you were going to get a bunny if you read the Bible. And a bunch more did it this week than last week, right? Oh, wait, you want the blessing before you read. You wanted this promise of, hey, I'm going to get a bunny if I read the Bible. Is that what it takes? You want the blessing first? You want to know what's going to happen without really getting to know who he is? Here's what I want to get to. Isaiah 52.7. This is why God wants you to do it. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet to him who bring good news. That's what we're supposed to do. You can have beautiful feet. You can understand how God thinks. This Old Testament stuff is actually history. And I know there's a lot of history buffs, but you don't want to look at that. It's history. It's how God interacted with mankind. How he wanted his people to act. I think it might be kind of important to maybe read some of this. But we are so proud. This pride gets in our way. And we won't really do what God wants us to do. And then when we ask him for something, we whine because he's not giving it to us. So, I want you to take your, your knowledge of Christianity, your walk with faith, your walk with God, and actually you would go through all of these things. First, you would be the uh, Ninevites, and you wouldn't know God at all. And then, then, as you walk along, somebody like Jonah would, would bring you the good news, and then you would believe. So, then we're Jonah. Finally, we believe. And, and then God tells us to go do these things, and we run away. And then finally, we, something happens. You know, what's it take to get you back on track? Might be a fish swallows you or something. And then you finally obey, and you do what he says. But then when it actually happens, and you see what's happened to somebody else, and it's not happening to you, you get mad because God should love you more and bless you more because you did what he said. Jonah, the story of Jonah is a walk through your faith. All these things, it happens to all of us. So now, take what you know right now, and I'm going to read you something that I actually got from somebody else, and I don't even know who it was, so I can't give them credit. But just think about what you, what you know about God and where you're at with him, and see how this lines up with it. The thief on the cross, he had no baptism, he never took communion, no confirmation. He didn't speak in tongues. He's never been on a mission trip. He has no ministry or never done an outreach. He didn't have church clothes. He didn't kneel to pray. He didn't say the sinner's prayer. He was a criminal. Yet he walked into heaven the same time Jesus did. The thief on the cross instantly had a change of heart and he didn't do all these things that good Christians are supposed to do. 
Right? This is when you get to know God, these are the things you're supposed to start doing. You you got to start doing this stuff or you're not a good Christian. Please don't ever become that person. What I'm trying to tell you is I want you to have a relationship with God. And the way to do it is to read scripture, to pray, to hang out with Christian people. There's all kinds of ways. Even the radio. God uses us, and he talks to us in so many different ways. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's just somebody that comes up to you and says, you know, you should probably stop doing that. Could God actually use you to take a message to somebody? Would you do it? Jonah didn't want to, but he finally did. He didn't like the outcome because all those bad people that he hated got saved. Doesn't that happen to us? You don't want to take the good news to some people. You don't like them. And I'm not doing it. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure I want to go to that church anymore because all that guy does is make me feel bad. God made Jonah feel bad. Sometimes we have to have these things in our life. And you've got to understand that God loves them just as much as he loves us. Salvation is easy. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Eternal life is not hard to get. But if you want the blessings and the favor of God, you've got to get to know him and know what he wants. You'll actually start doing what he's asking you to do. And it won't be so hard. And you can set your pride aside and just simply humble yourself. If Jonah would have humbled himself and just thought, I just saved 120,000 people. Jonah would have had beautiful feet. Do you? You can have. New Testament. I read your Old Testament. New Testament. This is from Romans. Maybe you've read this part. But how can they call on him to, to save unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. He's quoting Old Testament. You get it? You've got to kind of know it. You've got to know about it. And I'm not trying to make you all pastors and preachers and evangelists and stuff. I want you to have this kind of relationship with God. That when he says, will you do this for me? You betcha. Okay, you might not see the results for a little while. But I don't care. And he says, those are some mighty beautiful feet you have. Because you'll be the one that'll have it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for using each and every person. Thank you for reaching out to them, convicting them that Jesus is just exactly who he said he was. And if they'll just accept him as their Lord and Savior and get to know him better, they'll know you. God, we want to be that kind of person. Give us a chance. Don't return just yet because we got some work to do. And maybe next week we'll all have beautiful feet. Thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.